everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rich Cheese Radio Podcast, your home for the horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. I'm your host, Mr. Brodinky, and with me, as always, is my buddy Schmidt. Schmitty, what's going on this week, kid? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, pretty tired. Spent a whole uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, I guess morning and afternoon, doing a honeydew list and getting the, the house ready for summer. Stain the fence, strip the deck, everything's moving along, but I am beat. I feel like How there's like a, there's like an eighties montage in there. Like this is like <laughs> uh karate kid painting the fence. Oh god. Standing the deck. At, at least I had some modern tools. I had a spray gun and did the whole thing, so it wasn't too bad. But I mean a, you know, five or six hours in the sun, nonstop, just grinding it out with power tools, it, it gets old and, and tiring. So no no small karate master no. teasing you. No, unfortunately not. I would have loved to help though. He could have been there talking to me. He's, you know, that's the other thing too. It's just kind of boring by yourself. So just uh, you know, it would be nice to have company. He did have some, <laughs> he did have some sweet cars. So wax on, wax off, right? Uh, me, I'm good, man. Uh, just wrapped up my today was my last day at the old job. Heading over to the new one tomorrow. Yeah. No rest for the weary. Jumping straight in, but it'll be all good. So excited about that. Congratulations, though. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank take you. A minute for that. Yeah. So no more nights for old bro. That's nice. Hyped about <laughs> that. Hyped about the week coming up because it's pretty much Christmas for me. Yes. Meme economy. You have to go through the meme roof. fodder, not meme economy. It's meme fodder time. <laughs> like this is going to we're going full sand, baby. Yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, happy uh, 90,000 follow. Uh, sorry. Downloads to you, my friend. 90,000 cruising along. I'll, I'll stop counting after 100, but after that, you know, Cheers. until then. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll get right into it. Um, not a ton of news other than, I guess, uh, Tudor's making a – they had a Kinesi factory built, which is, I guess, cool. Oh, they did? I missed that. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's that's is, about as – Is that what all, is that what all the, uh, the blogosphere – we're doing over in Switzerland earlier. Yeah, yeah, you know, getting getting ready to eat some uh, fifteen dollar hot dogs. From what I hear, I'm sure they're great. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're fantastic. <laughs> uh, you know, that would be an interesting enterprise. I would just undercut them and set up a makeshift hot dog stand outside and charge eight dollars and clean up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, there's uh, apparently they're they're making a devoted uh brand new tutor facility and everything and it's like three stories tall and it's all fancy and state of the art i get i don't know if that's going along with their other their newer rolex facilities they're talking about or not but yeah they're, they're making moves they're trying to i guess expand apps and such but well i mean I, I think it makes sense i think given the popularity of both those brands and they're gonna have to you know scale production if they if they're trying to catch up or whatever so i think it, it's logical well, that and aren't um, they? They're outsourcing Kinesi, right? As well. Well, Kinesi itself is its own movement manufacturer, but they have a collaboration with Tudor, with Breitling. Now, Tag is in there, Isn't, and uh, Chanel, and Norcane. Yes. Yeah. So, so basically, Kinesi was an original kind of collaboration. I think between it was originally just Tudor and Chanel, and maybe one other brand. Oh yeah, but this since is, this then, sounds familiar. Yeah, but since then, they've started to see Kinesi movements get factored out into other 
retailers. I think Norcan was kind of the major one that happened shortly after their partnership. And then you had Tag, like uh, last year, the year before, they did like their Super Diver. If you remember that, it was the orange dial, like Super Diver that oh, they yeah. came out with. That was also a Kinesi movement. But that was the first tag to have it. So, uh, you know, Kinesi's just trying to be a big movement, uh, a big movement manufacturing powerhouse. And obviously, Tudor's throwing a lot of money to build them their own facility uh, to make movements, which probably means we're going to have more Kinesi Tudor movements going forward. Yeah, I do remember that it was in the Super Ocean, I believe. The um, the Kinesi movement? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the Heritage. Yeah. Super Ocean Heritage from Breitling. That was the other one I forgot, Breitling. Anyways, so that happened. Um, other than that, you know, just kind of waiting on the old watches and wonders, drops, you know, rapid fire. That's it's, it's the best time of the year. It's 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 like March Madness for watch nerds. <laughs> That's one way to put it, I guess. All right. I mean, back in college, I was I was a really big sports guy, and I remember March Madness is always my favorite day of the year because you skip class, you pick up a thirty rack of the cheapest beer, you pick up all your favorite local junk food subs wings whatever and you just prepare for the long haul the opening day is the best because you get the most games you get the absurd upsets because you're getting a lot of like one versus 16s and stuff yeah yeah, so if anybody goes down your bracket's busted you get to pick on the guy who picked whose team got out the first day like it's it was really a lot of fun and this is this is kind of the equivalent for the watch nerds where you're gonna you're gonna hope your favorite brands show out and if they don't, you know, you get to get ragged on and such. So, mm-hmm. kind of a similar idea. Oh, I I agree. I yeah. think it's cool. But uh, we'll get into the new stuff here. I guess uh, Lawn Jeans has released a flyback version of their Spirit Chronograph. This is a very handsome watch. I gotta say, it's it a is, very good looking watch. There's no is, question about it. It's just it is, thick. It's a thick, thick boy. Yeah, it's thick with two C's for sure. 42 mils, 17 millimeters thick. Yeah, it's it's definitely not for the faint of wrist, um, but I like it. I think the aesthetic is very cool. It it totally matches in with the Spirit collection, right? The the Zulu time and the traditional uh, Spirit watches. I I like it. I I'm really curious to see how it how it wears in person. Um, I've already kind of put some feelers out, so when the first deliveries come in to my local ads. I'm gonna pop over there and see if I can uh, see if I can see one in person. But again, it's just cool that Longines is doing something different, especially a flyback at this price point. We're talking, you know, forty five hundred dollars around that for a bracelet version. Um, I think it's I think it's nice. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the spirit in general. I think they've really their whole little line they put out has really struck a chord with me i, I like their yeah. even the original ones the sort of field type watches they released yeah i, I like them all they definitely look great again to how this is going to wear is yet to be seen especially i oh know that that looks like a, i thought it was a nato i'm like dude you can't wear this on a nato <laughs> no there there is a reference on a nato is it it looks like uh-huh. a I, it looks like it's, it's like a tan like a tan nato i couldn't tell it looks like a two-piece to me but it might not be yeah, so I think it's two main colorways, blue and black. And then the blue comes on bracelet or like sailcloth, and the black comes on bracelet, vintage leather, or I think 
NATO. That blue is nice though. I do. It's it's really pretty. I do and like I that. think it's got gilt markers and hands. So you can kind of either got like a yellow gold or like a red gold against the 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 sunray finished dial. I love the 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 five stars above chronometer on all of the spirit models. I is there a is there a meaning behind that? I don't know. I really don't know. I couldn't find. I I think I looked once. I I, I don't know. I just I mean, who knows. But maybe it's, sure a star, there is. Yeah, maybe it's it, a star for each position of chronometer testing. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's got to mean something. They're a, they're a pretty heritage brand. Yeah, I, I just I, I just love the style. I love the topography. I love um, how they do everything. It, it it looks really 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 well done. I will say this is a watch for me that if I was going to pick one up, I'm definitely not buying it on the bracelet. Yeah, I do like the the little diamond tip chrono seconds hand yes yes that's nice that's a nice touch and it matches perfectly the little diamond indice markers right next to the arabics because i have a buddy that has a zulu time and it literally perfectly hits each one of the diamonds as the second hand goes around that's nice to hear it's it, it, it's, it's so a little bothers, bothersome when it doesn't happen yeah it's so good i was i remember just like when he got it i was just like staring at it for like a good five minutes he's like can i have my watch back i'm like yes 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 i'm just making sure that everything lines up you know that's my neurotic side coming through yeah but, but yeah very cool watch and quick change strap and bracelet or quick change on this guy so that's also cool. good to see 68 hour power reserve and a self-winding column wheel movement with flyback yeah although i i they've had they have column wheels in a lot of their models i think i think the, yeah. the avigation's a column wheel that's a badass watch too yeah they they do a lot of column wheel they have for years and, and they won't change that but they haven't done a flyback in quite some time so it's uh very cool to see that especially on a new sports model right because with this type of watch you're kind of you know it almost kind of looks like a poor man's um blanc pond i can that, see that uh, the pilot watch that they did. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, I don't know. I'm not a huge Blanc Pond guy outside of the 50 Fathoms. So. It's the Air Command. Okay. Yep. That's right. It's the Air Command. And what's funny, and now that I mention it, like this actually looks like an Air Command. It's got a, you know, bicompacts dial. It's got the Arabics around the dial. It's got a diver's bezel. This is kind of like the Longines version of an Air Command. And I guess it's and, not too far out of the realm of possibility, right? Given their somewhat relation. Yeah, absolutely. And I do like that they accented the 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 watch in gold. Yeah. Like a lot pretty. of times this might look a little corny, but here I think it looks really good. Yeah. yeah they, they did a really good job with the finishing and a really good job with the depth and the textures. I mean, again, you have sunray finish on the on the dial. You have a circular, almost like a record engraving on the sub dials that's that are recessed. I like those. Obviously, the Arabics are are, are on top of the dial. They're applique, and then you have a little tiny recess for the little diamonds around the Arabics. So, I mean, again, there's just a lot of depth here. There's a lot of color in in the overall presentation of the dial, and it looks really really good. Yeah. Yep. Nice overall. Curious about how it works. <laughs> <laughs> 17 mil thick, so definitely not for the faint of wrist, as I mentioned before, but we'll see. I'm excited to see it if it uh, starts hitting the store soon. 
Yeah, I guess while we're in Swatch here, uh, an interesting one you sent me, the Hamilton Jazzmaster Thin Line Special Edition. And this one is a quartz model. And you and I both scratched our head a little bit at that. <laughs> I don't know why, but yes, it is quartz. Yeah, apparently. I mean, so this is allegedly made sort of in tribute to a Chinese science fiction film called The Wandering Earth 2. Yeah, and they come apparently in, there's a Wandering Earth one, I guess. Maybe I would or... think so. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just leaving it wide open for a prequel. But um, yeah, that you can get it in blue. Uh, sorry, white or black dial, and it's got sort of like a crop circle situation going on with some planets. Yeah, and a yeah, small I guess it's, second. A, it's probably the best way to describe it. Kind of like a crop circle. Yeah, from the top down. Yeah, it reminds me of the movie Signs. <laughs> yes, and then it's like Swing it away. makes sense, except there's like one planet with like you know Saturn. It's like with a ring. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's a it's a very interesting dial layout. Uh, Hamilton, the script is weird. It's like in the sub dial, which is yes. very unusual. Uh, but again, it's like it's unusual because you have an hour and minute hand in red, whether it's on a black dial or a white dial. You have Hamilton in the sub dial, but it's a quartz yeah, with a small seconds. I'm like, why? I I just don't see the need. Or, a little strange. It just it just is odd, you know. And and maybe it's just too esoteric of a collaboration that they're like, you know what, people probably aren't going to buy this watch. Let's just do it quartz. It's not a big deal. But I just I don't know. I at six hundred and ninety five dollars. I mean, that's kind of entry Hamilton automatic territory. Yeah, it is. So, I mean. You could have slapped a khaki mechanical movement in here. And That's it exactly what I'm thinking. Looking at five dollars, you know what I mean? Because it's forty millimeters. Yeah. I, uh, Ultra I thin. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I really don't know what to make of it. I mean, it's an interesting looking watch to say the least. Yeah. You know, it's it's got the small seconds, and I guess in courts, the small having small seconds it makes it a little less obnoxious for those those folks who hate the tick tick, but. I think you're right. I think it's just such an out there model that they're like, hey, movement's kind of an afterthought. It's probably <laughs> going to be bought by God knows who. Like, you know, probably randos who just stumble across it and are like, this is neat, right? <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the bracelet's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's the Hamilton H-Link bracelet. Yeah. And it's like, it looks like it's alternate, polished, brushed, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, looks really good. But uh, certainly a cool watch. Certainly a watch that if you are into like sort of non-traditional looking timepieces, time this is a this is a good one for you. Yeah, absolutely. Just I will say this for me, this is a pass. But I think if you're into space stuff, it's cool. Yeah, I give it points for originality. Yeah, certainly that it is very original. I've never seen a dial like it. Even as as very simple and pedestrian as it is, it's still very kind of visually intriguing. Yeah, and as I mentioned, there are over 200 Jazz Masters, and that is not oh, stopping God. anytime soon. <laughs> that is very true. I forgot we had talked about yeah. that. Uh, all right, on to, I guess we'll go Breitling. So they have released some new top time chronographs, except you have mentioned that now these are in-house movements. Yeah, so I mean, I think the original top times that came out, you know, they were celebrating the the kind of motorsports series. Um, they were limited editions. They came and they went very quickly, um, but there was only a few of them. I believe it was the the Corvettes, uh, the Shelby Cobra, yeah, and then I think the Ford Mustang. Mustang, yep. 
So now there's a fourth one that they've added in there, which is the um, the Thunderbird, which was not in the original uh, production run. But now I believe these have O1 movements, whereas before the original Top Times just had a standard movement. I don't think it was a limited edition. But it's, you know, for me, this is kind of an interesting launch because it's like the same watch from before right yeah so like why do it again i'm curious about that myself and the weird part is they put all the old ones in the pictures and so i was sitting there flipping through them like this isn't new this isn't new this isn't new oh that one but I mean, again, like if I was to to look at these original pieces, like I don't even know if I can tell the difference. Yeah, I for me, I I had a hard time. I I didn't really when I was looking through the uh, the release, I was like, what am I what am I searching for here? Yeah, I mean, like I I, I literally cannot find the originals, and I mean, it it's this is just odd to me because. I mean, the, those first ones sold out pretty good, pretty quickly. And I and I think they were really following a lot of the buzz from, like, the Zorro when that top time came out. That is a cool top time. That was a very cool top time. And I was like, okay, this is very cool. It's a limited edition. I like that. I think it makes sense. It's, you know, part of their catalog. You know, that's a cool watch to have. Then they came out with these, like, car ones. And I'm like, Breitling is not really, like, a car company yeah i don't necessarily think car when i think no not at all like i think pilot i think diving so it was very odd that they came out with the car collaboration i mean kudos to them for doing it but it just seemed very interesting to me um but yeah okay so here's here's the thing so the originals the original versions came out with i think a caliber 23 it seems like at least the two subdial register version with caliber twenty three, which you know must have been some type of modifying ETA something or you know value something that would have given them the the bicompax uh, readout, but it was not an in house movement. So this is now bringing them in house. But the thing that throws me off about these is they're cool designs, but it's like it's literally the same watch, just now in house, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, I don't know if that's a big enough proposition to be like to sway me into buying one if I wasn't buying one before. Yeah. Kind of weird. A little bit. It's it's totally weird. And then the thing, if you think about it, look, you see like if you go to the website, you can see like the Breitling Top Time Do, right? The um the kind of like motorcycle collaboration version. That one's at five thousand five hundred US. These new ones with the Owen movements are eight grand. Yeah, That's a, a lot. A lot of their step. a lot of their in-house stuff is super expensive. It is very expensive, very, very, very expensive. And I just don't. I don't know if that's a great move to be honest. Like, I guess if you're a Breitling diehard, it's not going to make a difference for you, and you'll be like, "Well, I want a Breitling movement." But for everybody else who's going to buy one, like, would I rather just take a cheaper model? Probably. You know, it's a tough call. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who that that sort of 
value proposition is directed at. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe if it's just a way to uh, just something so they could say they did it. I'm, I'm really not sure. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I don't know either, but it, it's, it's just, it's just very odd to me. It doesn't quite make sense unless I'm missing something. Did they make them smaller? Maybe, maybe that's what they did. Uh, I think, okay. Okay. That makes sense. I think the new ones are smaller. Did they? Cause I know they made newer versions of the premier, uh, BO one chronograph and they kept it 42 and then they kind of just made some new colors and stuff. Okay. Maybe not. Cause okay. This, so I'm looking at Houdinki right now and there's a top time limited edition, the Zorro, right? Caliber 23. This was produced in 2020. Okay. Diameter is 41 millimeters, stainless steel. Like I said, caliber 23. Um, 20 mil lugs. Okay, so pretty nothing, nothing crazy, right? So when I go to the new ones, there are 01 movements. This is you know 2023 production, 41 millimeters, stainless steel. I I just don't know if it's worth three thousand dollars more for the 01 movement. Yeah, especially in a, a generation where people are sort of backing. I'm not going to say they're backing off the in-house movement, but I've seen many an article written about sort of the value prop of a generic movement and, you know, sort of the trade-off you're getting there, but also like the convenience factor and obviously you're getting it at a cheaper price point and stuff. So like there have been articles written about the case to be made for, uh, you know, a, a source movement and everything, but I think this is a an, uh, an example, I should say, of maybe where that applies. I mean, maybe. Maybe that's the case, but I don't know. This ain't it for me, big boy. Yeah, not it for me either. <laughs> and then something else that I found was hilariously newsworthy. Uh, so Vacheron releases a panda version of their chronograph and like that's the news yay like, <laughs> i was like okay like they're like they've never done it they haven't done it before i'm like all right but like there's, there's a lot of these around and i guess you know if you if you're into this brand that much and this model that much and you're dying for panda yeah good go go for it but like i was i was just like Reading that, I pictured like the person with like the party popper, and it's just like, pss, and like that was it. There was no, yeah, there was yeah. nothing else to it. I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right. Like, but they've done a panda before. They just didn't do it in. Oh, I got it. They did a reverse panda. Yeah, they Ooh. did a reverse panda. Okay, all so right. That's all right. that's the big hubbub. Yeah, there we go. That's uh, that's worth uh, my trip to Switzerland, right? Yeah, still, still waiting. Uh, when I'm an invite. Watch watch. <laughs> hey man, I would love to be a on the on the ground boots on the ground covering watches and wonders. That would be. Let me tell you, I would make that some trip. I I should try to sneak in somehow. <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. That would be. Come on, well, public's how... on, public's only allowed in like one day. Yeah, I saw that. Well, you know, it's, I have to I have to sneak in. I have to make friends with somebody and sneak in with their. Like under their their umbrella, the try to <laughs> hop in with like the Fratello guys or something. Just sneak RJ, in. set it up. Middle set of the huddle, up, just RJ. sneak in. We'll just we'll just hit up with Mike Stockton. Yeah, that's what I was just, gonna say. I'll just I'll just, just hide in his suitcase. Yeah, exactly. My thoughts exactly. 
All right. Uh, before we get into the watches and wonders, um, actually pretty pertinent. You put out a little feeler today, and it actually got some pretty funny responses that I thought were actually worth sharing. So I guess we'll do some <laughs> of that. Um, sure. You kind of put out a little. What do you hope to see from watches and wonders starting on Monday? And uh, some mixed results, as as are expected with anything that any anything that has to uh, deal with content. With me involved, you know some of them are going to be a little kooky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, some of them are, are quite funny, such as my paycheck or kittens. <laughs> Release the kittens that watches and wonders. What if that's what if that's a guy like telling us exactly what he's going to do before he does it? Well, I, I'm I'm more curious about the locusts guy. <laughs> I don't know if he's just the a big fan of the Bible. Guy. Like I don't know if he's he's calling for you know. One of the big plagues. Yeah, exactly. Or if he's just, I don't know if this is a, a threat, like a, a backdoor threat of sorts, and he's like just letting us know ahead of time. But Locust you was know. a good one. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, some, a lot of uh, pretty good guesses. Um, Black Bay 58, Case Pepsi. I could see it, I guess, I suppose. Yeah, Titan- yeah, that titanium, makes sense. Titanium Yachtmaster bring the tool back into Rolex. Oh, don't worry, my friend. There are plenty, plenty of tools in Rolex already. <laughs> uh, the Batman Two. That's a good one. I like that. The Batman Two. The Batman Two. Funny. Uh, Thirty-six see. millimeter from Tudor. Yep, I, don't, yep. I don't. I don't know if you're getting that, but they like to release things in multiple sizes. I could see that one. Yeah. Somebody said watches. Yes. Well, we all get a bunch of that. Well, that is I, sure. I guarantee that guy's right. Maybe we'll also get wonders too, or blunders. There we go. Probably more likely. Uh, attainable simple dress watch, smaller than thirty nine millimeters with leather band. Uh, I I think they I think those exist. Yeah, I mean, and we actually forgot about that. We, uh, Nomos. Oh yes, yeah. Nomos did put out clubs. Yeah, they put out a a what a a fancy green and sort of yes. like a coral pink, coral red. Yeah, they call it a weird, like a weird coral, but it, it it's a two new club models. I think there's two sizes for each model. Um, they like to do that. They do. So one's kind of like a a softer, like Irishy green or Kelly green. The other one is kind of like a like a coral cut, like a off pinkish color. Both really attractive looking watches. So uh, if you're looking for a sub thirty nine simple watch with a leather band. I don't think you can do too bad with going with this Nomos. Electric green is what they call it. Okay, there we go. And the other one is cream coral. That's right. That's why I thought it was so weird. Sounds like a crappy side dish. Yeah, exactly. Here's your creamed coral. I mean, the color is fantastic, but the name is not so choice. Yeah. Uh, Somebody wrote a new wrist cheese episode. You'll be getting that. No worries there, my friend. Thank you. A new you know line from are. a new line from Tudor. I could see that one. I could see they're doing something fresh. And it's been pretty tight lipped. I mean, we've seen in years past where you know we've we've gotten a little taste ahead of time. I haven't really seen much in, in the, the the PO one. I mean the, the POS PO oh, uh, one. Out of that, that was, was the worst one. The T that the was Tudor so sub T's into oh. that was probably the biggest atrocity in watch teasers I've ever seen. <laughs> this and coming everyone, from someone everyone who thought it, everyone thought it was fake, 
until it was real. And then the copium set in and everyone had to be like, oh, yeah, well, we were just kidding. It's actually awesome. And everyone's like, no, no, this no. Is... The, the steampunk Black Bay is not cool. OK. <laughs> and it's just like we took a watch that only existed for Rolex in prototype form and made a tutor out of it. And like, this is man, you guys. Well, you know, it's funny. They do that stuff for Rolex with cool Rolexes and then they become valuable and novel. They do that and put it in a tutor and they pick the most hideous and <laughs> ridiculous one with like the most useless complication situation going on. And you're just the like qu- the Quasimodo. Tutor it, black it, uh, it's just, Oh my God. What a, what a ridiculous. I've watch. honestly completely, I think I've scrubbed that watch from my memory until you just brought it back up. I totally <laughs> forgot remember, about that. Memory hold it. I did. And now it's back. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring up bad memories, but I it's okay. I, Maybe they'll release I, a new I, one of those. Yeah, that would be that that World. I think it was Basel World at the time. I will never forget that. I think it was the it last was the, one, wasn't it? it? It had to have been, but it was like the ultimate troll because everyone's like, "We're finally getting the sub. We're finally getting it's coming. It's coming." It's like Wah. pos. Here we go. Let it rip, baby. Yeah, that was bad all the way around. Uh, let's see, an attractive original release and please not hype based. It's going to be tough to swing that at a place like this. Um, yeah, definitely watch the wonders. Everything's going to be hype based. Titanium Polar Explorer 2. I, I don't think you're getting that, but that would be pretty sick. Although I think people are, are surmising that titanium is on the horizon, although I feel like they say that every year, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I think this, this year is the one the year that makes the most sense since we are just coming right off the heels of the RLX titanium deep sea challenge. They didn't drop that watch for any, you know, for no reason. Like that was done with intention. I think it was to prime the market for the eventual titanium, whatever sports model it's going to be. See something more interesting than an, a, another big pilot from IWC. <laughs> yeah, that's also the second comment like that. Solid green yeah. gold dial sub and something not a pilot watch from IWC. Apparently, as people as you know, people today are saying this, but I said this a few episodes ago. I just want something. We're we're done with the pilot. Like big pilot is a little bit over right now. We need we need something a little bit different. Yeah, and I think I think the word on the street has been it, it's going to be the ingenieur, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. see. Something affordable with no wait lists. Probably no chance of that. Uh... <laughs> oh, my God. I just saw a rendering. You saw oh, what? I just saw a rendering from um, from WCJ of a purple and black GMT Master 2 with the crown at 12 o'clock. Oh, uh, that's just that's some <laughs> hardcore trolling. That is so funny. They're just going to start putting crowns everywhere. This, the date is also at twelve o'clock. I I really wish that this would happen. I really wanted to call it the Cyclops. Not just the date window now. Now it's the whole watch. See sub one k diver with bidirectional countdown bezel and quick adjust clasp. It's quite a shopping list. And uh, my personal favorite, Brodinky Explorer One collab. Because why yes. not? Yes. But it has to be 34 millimeters. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That would be <laughs> funny because you can make it look exactly like the like the Tudor Ranger and then make all the Tudor people upset because they didn't get that in their own watch. <laughs> That's what they like to do. I can see I know. it. Happen. I know. It's it's so true. Yeah. 
But so in this sort of uh, spirit of watches and wonders and and everything, I mean, we, everybody's done their predictions. Everybody's had their little fun. Um, but as they do, Rolex has sort of uh, given us a little taste, right? They gave us this teaser video that everybody's been playing, and there's a lot of conjecture as to what's in it. And I, I think you and I have some similar ideas on it. We've both kind of looked it over and and I yeah. guess we're going to we'll roll through it here and we'll kind of try to pick it apart. It's it's just so odd to me this year, though. What, like, what about t- it specifically? Just because typically and one of the things that's so interesting about this about this video is because typically when you follow the crown and you follow their stuff that they're going to launch prior to a Watches of Wonders or a Basel World, everything is just like glimpse here glimpse there glimpse here but it's all usually blacked out or just like a small little tinge of something this is quite the opposite of that yeah you do get a pretty good look at a lot of this you stuff. get a pretty good look at a lot of stuff this isn't the in, into the blue right they gave us into the blue and then yeah, like a, I mean, a faint just, submariner it, exactly and it could have been submariner it could have been sea dweller it could have been deep sea chat like nobody knew the speculation you know, a uh, rumor mill runs wild because nobody really has any definitive idea. Now, maybe this is completely just all a troll, which again, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's just very interesting that this video really teed up a lot of images that, you know, people are saying, oh my God, Rolex leaked their own watches. I'm like, but they do this every year, but they just haven't done it to this extent where they make it very visible. For us to see and i'm wondering why that is it seems very out of character for them yeah i don't know if they're just really trying to drum up some excitement or if they're just really proud of what they got on the docket you know because it looks like it looks like they're even giving away some some materials and they're definitely giving you a lot of color that was what i was going to say too it's very 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 colorful more so than we have seen or received in a very long time, especially for very, you know, quote unquote, conservative wearing watches. Yeah, from a brand that has recently done a ton of just black dial and you, you get your colorful bezel or things like that. I mean, I know we got the Oyster Perpetuals and things like that, but up until then, right, we've been looking at, I mean, the the Pepsi was out there, right? I, that was a, a hip, colorful, youthful model from them, right? The Hulk was considered out there. Yeah, exactly. Right? But from this video, it looks like we might be getting some actually really neat stuff, which some of it even even kind of calls back to some stuff they've done in the past, which I really like personally. Yeah. And we talked about that on, on one of the earlier episodes when we, we were did. talking about our predictions, what, I don't know, three or four episodes ago now? We were hoping that they would do something that is riffing on vintage catalog because they have such a tremendous back catalog. They should do that. You know? Yeah. And I, so. I'll, I say it all the time. I think that's where their, their best watches lie anyway. You know, I think they had, they had such interesting stuff. I mean, I know they brought back the root beer, but it's not, it's not the tiger eye root beer. Right. Right. It's not that those you, you had a lot of, there's just a lot of nuance there. And I mean, you could get, nipple dial right you can get all sorts of little wrinkles in there or you can get this one that's 
you know, got some Everose on it. Black, brown. All right. Like to me, that's it's a lot less exciting. I I know the old ones could be a little obnoxious. I they look a lot better faded and you get kind of that that ketchup and mustard vibe from them, but the ones that have kind of aged out a little bit, whether it's a little subdued and those bezels are faded and you get that two-tone look. Those are those are some of my favorite Rolex, those 1675 root beers. Yeah. But th- those are the type of watches that I I really love from them, and I wish that they would riff on more. And I know they don't because they want them to be great on their own, and you don't really want to bring things like that back and kind of dilute that. But I think there, there's room to play with that. I think they might be doing that this year. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would agree. Something is something is afoot here that's very uncharacteristic for Rolex, and and they're really pushing into to something special. And again, you know, some of these things are are, are I don't know. There's you want to just go through the video real quick and and just kind of talk about it. Sure. So we'll we'll start it off. It starts off with sort of a looks like ice cracking, yep. right? And then it it's going to lead. I mean, no surprise into what appears to be. An explorer. An explorer. You can see a large six. Yep. Uh, I've heard people say it looks like this is a brushed bezel. Interesting. I don't see that. Maybe, but I think it's. I think it's just the reflections of the ice. Um. So I don't think I'm going to go with that. I think I'm going to go with it's a polished bezel. I'm just wondering if they're trying to do it in a new material. That seems what everyone's kind of general consensus is because it looks. I mean, we just got the new Explorer last year, right? Unless they're going back to 39 in some oh God, capacity. That would be just just troll level 1,000. Well, then maybe they're going back to 39 in some sort of a, a anniversary dial, which I guess is possible. But I can't tell from the picture if that dial is still black or not. Right. There's a lot it of reflection look, It going looks on. like that it is. But yeah, it's it's definitely hard to tell. But yeah. you definitely see a big six. You know it's probably an explorer. I mean, unless they're bringing back the old style Air King, you know I that mean, which is which is also possible. But it doesn't make sense to have the ice. I agree. I'm just because I'm just throwing with, things at the yeah, wall. Here. Yeah, but typically with Rolex teaser videos, whatever element or whatever thing that they put in the photo ties into the product somehow, right? And in this case, ice. Would be explorey, you know, cave, Mount Everest, you know, Mount Everest, you know, that kind of you know idea. So it makes sense. I agree. So I would, I would, you know, some people have speculated that maybe it's a return to the old, the old Air King design, but I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, and it's hard to tell from the color of the case material if that's a different material or not. To me, though, it just looks slightly darker. Because I mean, I guess it could be titanium, right? It could be. It could be titanium. It just looks slightly darker. Like if you if you play the video and you pause it, right where you see the bezel and the lug shot, and you can see the six and you can see the martini all of second hand. It it looks dark. It does look dark. It looks almost like a gunmetal color. It's to the point where I thought the middle link was actually some kind of a rubber strap at first. It's that dark. Ooh, it's not because I can see. I'm pretty sure I could see more links below it, right? I don't know. Actually, yeah, that's the hardest thing. But I looked at this 
And my first look, and I realized it wasn't it wasn't right, but you know that um what was it, the Blanc Pond we talked about recently that had that kind of absurd rubber yeah, strap yeah, on yeah, the yeah. lugless system. It kind yeah. of looks like that from the angle I'm looking at it. I don't think it's that. I think it's where the the center link meets the you know the the rest of the bracelet, but but how crazy would that be if they came out with a an explorer one on an oyster flex? I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. That if would be that would do, actually be if very it's supposed cool. to do what it's named after, right? Like that would make a lot of sense. That would actually be very cool. I could see a lot of people buying that too. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think I think Oyster Flex. Is, I mean, aside from it being sort of a, a way to dress down something like a Daytona, I think it's it's sort of taken off, right? You see the Sky Dweller with a. I, I think it's been a a very popular way for people to wear these watches. That I don't know if that was the intent. Like I, I think it was just supposed to be like sort of a comfortable, laid back way, but people have really taken to it, and I can't say I fault them. They're very comfortable as it is. Um, yeah, I mean, but I I could certainly see that being a black Oyster Flex given the photo. But again, you know, it's hard to tell. We'll know in two days, uh, the moment, the day that this this podcast airs. But regardless, the overall design of the watch looks different to me. It looks darker, and so uh, like I myself, like a lot of people, are speculating that maybe it's a new titanium version of an Explorer One. Hence the the darker color, which would make sense. We've been seeing a lot of kind of titanium stuff being. We have been rift so which kind of brings us to our second watch which i think we pretty much have this one figured out um it looks like because we see we see a side shot it's a lug and a bracelet right and we see an aggressive coin edge or knurling here for a bezel and when you play the image, you can see that obviously the bezel itself has raised indexes. There's really only one watch collection that has that. And that, of course, is the the Yacht Master. The but what's interesting about this, when you pause it, it's obviously on a bracelet, which typically the Yacht Masters right now don't have, and you can correct me if I'm wrong with this, but they don't have bracelet versions on the gold models. They only come on Oyster, Oyster Flex yeah, now. Oyster Flex, correct. Um, now, I know the version with the platinum bezel has a bracelet. But what's unique about this is we have big black, or what appears to be big black chunky numerals, sitting proud of the overall bezel. I'm assuming it's going to be ceramic, but the big noticeable thing here is the striations. Yeah, I did see that. On they're, the very, they're very pronounced. They are very pronounced. And that, to me, is a clear indication that this has to be an alternate material like a titanium. Because titanium, when you finish it, depending on what type of grade of titanium you utilize, if it's grade two, it's much more likely, uh, I should say, it's much closer in makeup to raw industrial titanium, okay. the way it's found naturally occurring. It's that deep, dark gunmetal color. The problem with grade two titanium is it's very hard to finish in the sense that it requires a lot of patience, a lot of extra tooling, and it's very difficult to to do a high 
shine finish on that titanium, which is why a lot of times they reserve it for military watches or things like that because it's very matte tone. Now, something like a grade five, which is a higher titanium quality, it's not that it's better titanium, but it has more alloyed different metals inside of it, which makes it easier to scratch, essentially, which means that it can achieve a higher shine. So grade five can actually be high polished. Okay. There is nothing on this watch from what I'm seeing in this photo that indicates polish. Not at all. It looks very much the opposite of that. Maybe one polished bevel, but everything looks very, very, very aggressive and very anti-finish for Rolex models, especially because typically on the case size, they're polished, no? On Rolex models? Aren't I would the case think so. side flanks usually polished, high polished? Yeah, if I remember correctly. So this is different because it looks like we have a polished bevel on the lug the the part of the lug that would connect to the to the bracelet is also brushed but the side of the case is what appears to be brushed as well so very interesting i mean are, do you think it's a you think it's a titanium yachty that seems to be the consensus which makes me think it's not <laughs> right <laughs> whenever, know, it's always, whenever it's we gonna, think but whenever we, we think have, we got but, it nailed down but yeah. we do have precedent for this watch Yes. There is a precedent because there was a full-fledged working prototype of this watch issued to that that sailor guy. I can't remember his name, but he was featured on, you know, Jake's World and the Rolex magazine. And he was wearing a prototype titanium yacht master. Okay. And it had a black bezel like that. Now his, if I wasn't mistaken, was on an oyster flex, not on a bracelet. But that's a small change for Rolex to have to do. Sure. And especially because when you watch just a few, you know, seconds later, you see a picture of a yacht boat, like a sailing regatta boat. That's got to be a clear indication that we're getting a yacht master. You would hope. You would. You that would is think. that is a foiling, like America's Cup style, regatta boat. Now scooting back a little bit. Right after the yachty that we get, we get the word detail, and then we get a very, very close-up shot of what appears to be a golden Rolex crown over top black lettering on a almost sunsetty orange background. Now, I wonder, because the word detail is over what looks like some kind of sand or at least some sort of material that has some grit on it. Yeah. I wonder if they're hinting at stone because it does look like stone. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. And now I think you and I both said that it looks like there's a date, uh, sorry, day window up top. So that this would be a day date. Potential. Yes. Right. Potentially. Now it could also be the rehot, you know, like we True. don't know. So, not sure what model, but this to me, this definitely looks like a stone dial, which I'm hyped about because I've said many, many a time I love the stone dials. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've seen people just think I, that this is sort of an extension of the the colorization fad that the the OP went through, and that maybe they're bringing this to other models or they're bringing back sort of the Stella 
day date look, but I th- I'm thinking this is stone, man. This is there's a lot of striations. There's a lot of sort of color transition going on here. Yeah. And why not, man? Stone is awesome. I think I think that would be a great move for them, and I really hope they're doing that. And I I thought maybe that the the sandy texture was sort of an illusion. To yeah, stone. I, I, and that's and that's kind of my thing is like whenever they do these marketing videos, there's always some type of tie-in, or there's always some type of riff or or reference to the thing that would be the inspiration or the creation or the material itself of that particular timepiece right and so to me much like what you said is we get the shot of the granular sand it says detail we get kind of a wide shot of like a beautiful sunset type situation or we get the we get the shot of the dial and then we get this kind of like orangey sunset almost like the sahara you know this like this beautiful kind of gradiated color tone desert scene and to me, the choice of that photo indicates to me, and what I can kind of see in the dial, is that the dial has different tones that transition. Yeah. And that's why I got super excited. And again, I'm not a Rolex fanboy at all, quite the opposite. Because I got excited because to me, this looks almost like an old school tiger's eye or like you said, one of these old school tone these stone dials that Rolex used to do in the 70s and 80s that they haven't done in decades. That would be very cool, very original, but quintessentially very Rolex because nobody can do the dials like that that, that they can do. Yeah, dude, their Lapis, their Onyx, the, it, they were just so good. Yeah, I mean, they're amazing. I mean, again, Tiger's Eye, the Meteorite, like all the crazy stuff that they used to do back in the day, it would be so cool to have a modern version of that, and that would be hypeware for sure. And we were kind of trying to look up different types of semi-precious stones and what this could be. One of the ones that we saw that was very, uh, very close, uh, potentially is agate, specifically orange agate. Um, It is a semi-precious stone. You get kind of these like striation marks there, and there's kind of a color tonal shift in some of the, the, the material that you see, which to me could be why we see the the color spectrum the way that it is on the dial so maybe maybe that's what it is and if it is and you look up this stone there are some really sick patterns that would make for an unbelievable watch dial yeah and then right after that they followed it up with what a sunset yeah so and again that's what i was talking about earlier it's like that beautiful (laughs) like saharan sunset you know just over the desert just stunning, right? And then we see here a couple new shots of we see a, a cityscape. Yep. With the word inspiration, which is interesting. And it's like a city in the clouds, which is very odd. And then we see a shot of the regatta boat. Then we go to excellence. And here's another very similar shot because it's almost like the desert scene. But it's water now with also that gradient effect on the 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 sky as well. And you start with this light blue, kind of gets more aqua, then it turns like the yellow, orange, pink, and then almost like a purpley blue at the bottom. And then we hit the water. Right? So this to me is 
a direct correlation to what we see on the next shot, which appears to be Rolex. We see a shot of the second hand, the crown on like an aqua-y blue dial. Rolex is in red, and we see like an uh, an hour marker, right? Now, a lot of people were speculating that this looked like a new Sky Dweller, um, which I could see, but the only thing that makes me think it's not is because tradition, the Sky Dweller has that red triangle under the word Rolex. Yeah. And I can't see anything there. So that could be just a shot that it's taking at the right angle where we just bypass it, or it could be there. But if that's the case, then that would also make sense for almost that cityscape in the clouds, you know? Right. Um, but I think this color inspiration is directly from that kind of sunsetting over the water look. You have that kind of blues and pinks mixture. Because to me, this looks like a turquoisey blue dial with what looks like Everose gold. Right. And that would be a very sick combination. Because I don't think that that's been done before. It's very beautiful. Um, those colors complement each other very well. And maybe we'll start to see with things like this, if we start seeing more red gold hit the market like this, I'm wondering what that's going to do to the perception of red gold. I'm a red gold fan. I got to say. I, I am too. I always have been. But the general consensus for most people is that red gold somehow is not the gold to get, especially when you're dealing with people who buy Rolex watches, you know? So the average public doesn't, doesn't associate red gold as being the it color. But if this starts becoming, you know, true and comes to fruition this way, then I'm wondering what that's going to do to the, to the market with regards to red gold. I'm wondering if it's going to create more demand for, for auxiliary piece pieces from other brands in red gold. Entirely possible. Okay. All right. That was a quick shot here. Can we get like a bracelet? Yeah. Nothing else. No context. Just a link. And then we get what, what lugs are those? Oh, I don't know. The lugs look super weird to me. They look almost like rounded. Hold on. I'm waiting for the video to come back around. Yeah, those, I'm not sure what, what which watch that is, what model. Well, it's obviously got to be a sports watch because it's, it's a Oyster Link. Well, the next shot, if you keep going, I mean, I think this is consensus GMT Master. Yeah. Right? Has yeah. to be, one would think. Yeah. I mean, I from what I can see, we're looking at like black with either yellow gold or red gold in a two-tone or solid gold configuration. Yeah. And it looks like Does that like... not exist? Hmm. Is that thought didn't didn't two-tone GMT masters exist? They do. But is it is it in current catalog? I mean the 
the rupier is a two-tone technically but is that the only one currently maybe possible i don't know i'm not really obviously i haven't been in the market for a gmt <laughs> master in some time <laughs> um but gmt master 2 the cosmopolitan watch according to rolex sure whatever you say uh <laughs> yeah but this one has i is that a gray bezel a gray that bezel, i like can't tell eight? it does it does kind of look lighter but it could also just be the light i know right? that's the that's the hard part it could just be white it's very hard to tell okay so right now it looks like again it shows you how much of a of a rolex guy i really am i'm sure the diehard fanboys are like duh you should have known this but yeah so right now the only two-tone gmt master 2 is the root beer okay so everything else is going to be, you know, oyster steel, which is completely made up, um, <laughs> white gold, Everose, and that's it. So it's either going to be oyster steel, Everose, or white gold. So no yellow, no platinum, nothing else. I guess it's so, overdue. I mean, so yeah, I mean, if that's the case, and yeah, from 100%, it's totally overdue. But I'm just trying to figure out what that would actually be. Because, you know, obviously we see some guilting here. You know, if, if you stop it quite right, it almost looks like the second hand, or I'm sorry, the GMT hand is red. Like, mm -hmm. the, like the arm of the GMT hand is red, which would make sense. I think historically that's that's happened on other models. But it's just very interesting to see to see that kind of coloration because I guess it hasn't been prevalent for a while. Yeah, they they definitely made a, a transition to sort of orange as they did with the polar. Uh huh. But I I feel like for me, Rolex has a much stronger relationship with the color red as far as text and things go. So yeah, for me, it's much more at home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this will be interesting to see. I'm, I'm just wondering if it's going to be another. It looks like yellow gold to me, right? Like that's what you're I thinking think, too. I think so. Oh, wait a second. Maybe you are right. Maybe that is a gray bezel. It kind of looks like a gray bezel. Okay, so hold on. Here's what we need to figure out. Where does the delineation line start? Oh, okay. Okay, so if we look at a traditional Rolex GMT bezel, the delineation lines will either start at 18 or 6. Right now, we're seeing a shot at basically 10. So I think that this is just a reflection line. Okay. Because it would it would be further up on the right side of the, of the dial here. Because if you're thinking about where the wording GMT Master is, And it's so it's so quick, it's literally so quick. Yeah, they know exactly what the hell they're doing. But it's like it's like one frame. It's like boop. <laughs> but yeah, obviously a cyclops. Okay, so you can can you see the cyclops? Yeah. Okay, so it's got to be right hand drive. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it, but you 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 laugh, but I mean, we all got stooped last year, right? 
Sure. So did. it's obviously right-hand drive. The wording is all correct. So this is pointing to around 10 o'clock. So, um, yeah, I think that this might just be a reflection of the light. And it's probably a all-black bezel with gilt markers. Okay. I can see that. I can see. All right. Let's see. Because then didn't they used to they used to produce this? A two-tone black bezel? Yes. Yeah. With the green hand. Yes. Okay. All right. Now now it's coming back to me. Now I'm remembering. The interesting thing though is I think the font is different on the uh on the bezel. And maybe it's just the image though, but I can't see a um I can't see a uh a serif on the on the number one. Huh. Yeah. Just the image of the shot and I can't see it. But I think I'm pretty sure that's red. So we don't know if it's gonna be solid gold or if it's gonna be two tone. That would be the the biggest change. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Okay, what's next? Ah. Yes, the crown shot. What do you think this is? I mean, I think it's got to be a Cellini, right? You would think. It's got sort of like a, a, a double bezel situation going on there. It's like fluted, a little, a little dome action. Looks like a Cellini to me. Now this yeah. plays into an this could play into potentially into a, a a prediction that you had about Rolex maybe dipping its toe into some more high horology. Because I mean, if you were gonna do it, I think the Cellini is an obvious choice. Yeah, exactly. Right? A lot of their models are too sporty for that, or maybe it just doesn't fit that well. But I think something along the lines of Cellini, especially because you haven't gotten you know, it's one of those models that gets a little forgotten, and well, because it's not a sports model, that's right. Why. And maybe we haven't gotten very much excitement from that line, yeah, recently. So, I think that might be a way to bring some some flair back to it. Yeah. So I think I think this is. So the rumor was, and I'll and I'll say it now because I mean this this is about to drop anyway in, in two days. But the rumor was that I was told was somebody that I knew had a pretty good authority in the industry that Rolex was releasing a tourbillon. And obviously this is a grand complication to high complications, something the brand has not done to my knowledge ever. But if they have, it's been a exceptionally long time since they've done it. Right now we all know that Cellini in many ways is kind of the redheaded stepchild of the Rolex collection specifically because it's a way that they can flex the orological muscle, but it's not the sports model. Rappers aren't wearing Cellini, so therefore it's not desirable. It's not notable. It's not cool. Now, it is certainly very cool from a watchmaking or orology standpoint, but it's not that cool for the average person. Now, if you remember from the original Cellinis that came back out, I think it was like 2014, 2015, when they relaunched them, um, you had a very svelte, thin profound case you had complications in there that Rolex hadn't done for a very long time and you had a very thin fluted bezel with a very simple crown 
That is what we see here, which is why everyone is like, okay, this has to be a new Cellini. Let's move on. I think it would make the ultimate sense that if you were going to go back to doing a Cellini line, a line that you know for sure has been undervalued, has been neglected, has been, you know, hallmarked for many collectors as like, yeah, it's it's going to be there in the case line or in the back. That would be Cellini. The only way to change that narrative is to bring out some big orological guns in that collection specifically to elevate it to the collector's eye. And that to me, if this rumor about the Torbion is true, I'm calling it right now, it would make sense for it to be released in Cellini. Yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly what I was just talking about. I, I think it's the line you go with. I mean, would I don't I really don't know know where else you'd put one. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't either. And that was kind of the thing when I heard the rumor. I was, like, I was thinking to myself, and you know, I felt stupid now thinking about it because I completely forgot about Cellini. Because again, it's such a non-factor for most people that. I even had to remind myself that it, it that it exists, you know. Yeah. So, uh, it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see. And then I think next we got our last little taste here. And does yeah. this look like does this look like an an, an ice style of sorts? What do you what do you? It does look like an ice style of sorts, especially because we get. If you watch the the video, the frame after, or I should say the frame right before, we leave the Cellini crown and we head right to the road, and it says "is a perpetual." Got a sneak perpetual see, in there. What's that? Got a sneak perpetual in there. Got God a sneak forbid. perpetual in there. It just means it's automatic, guys. Let's not let's not get carried away. Um. Then we snapshot right to this almost simulated road, but it looks like we're driving around the dial of whatever watch we're on. Given the road, the racing elements, that kind of thing, I'm thinking Daytona. Obviously, this is an anniversary year for them. my mind goes. And then when you look at it a couple frames after, we see almost like a mountainside where it says challenge. And it's almost like, if I was looking at the bottom of a ravine and looking up at a road on the side of a mountain and I'm seeing like the snow drifts coming up yep. to me, that is evocative of like what you said, ice style, right? It's snow, it's ice. It's driving in this kind of environment, even though it's, you know, not the Daytona in Florida, right? Like this is a different type of Daytona. Uh, so maybe we're getting a new, version of a of a platinum ice blue dial daytona now they would absolutely break the internet if they put an ice dial in something that wasn't platinum <laughs> i mean that that certainly would be would be very true although i and don't if, think they do that I, I mean but you know what it, it's it i find it very interesting because when you think about this from a from a grander scale i really feel like today rolex is what Tudor was 10 years ago. Okay. I'm starting to feel like there's a shift. That Tudor's becoming the more conservative company because it's safer. 
and you're starting to see Rolex edge back out to its crazy wild days again, where it really just did whatever because it felt like it. You know, yeah, we're going to make watches with Domino's pizza dials on them. We don't care. You know, we're going to make, you know, crazy stone dials. We're going to do Buckley dials and Stella dials and all these crazy things that people lust after today. That was just like, yeah, we're just going to do it because we think it's cool. I'm wondering if we're starting to see the resurgence of that type of Rolex again. A slight departure from the conservative moving over into the trendy and the cool, because let's be honest, Rolexes are trendy and cool. They always have been, but making them feel more personal than stuffy and conservative and corporate. And, you know, it hasn't changed in 50 years. That's why I like it. You know, that's eventually just gets boring and people get tired of that. So I'm wondering if we're starting to see that change because I feel like it's happening. And maybe I'm wrong. Well, I always just keep going back to the sort of poor economic state of the world. And if you're going to try to get people to spend money, you're going to have to give them a real reason to in a climate like this. And that might be exactly what they're doing this year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, why not? And the other thing, too, if you think about this uh, from another perspective, What's the best way to not compete with your new products when you go into the CPO market? Make stuff that's not like them. <laughs> Make stuff that's not at all like what you currently would sell right. under CPO. Right. So all those black subs and sort of your run-of-the-mill stuff that people have been clamoring over for the past however many years, right? Panda Daytona, all that. They start to feel old. Right. And now we're going to release some some real hype. Exactly. Not That's only the is only that going to make sense to me, right? Not only is that going to make all those people who bought those kind of vanilla models feel a little anxious. Yep. But people are now going to overlook those and say, we're on to something else. Correct. And that's, that's, I mean, that's, it's an interesting play. But it would make sense. Absolutely. Right? Given what they do and given all the investment they've been making in CPO, establishing these retailers are going to be carrying product that's over three years old. But that's basically everything at this point, with the exception of maybe the sub. But that's, I think, maybe a, a year or so more out before it would qualify for that. But that would be the only thing that makes sense. You, you start creating models that are so out there in material science and colorway and technology or whatever that it starts to make your older stuff that people have been pining after for years feel pedestrian and therefore you get that engagement again you're going to have the people that are going to buy that stuff because they've been wanting to buy it it's cpo it's a rolex whatever but now you're going to start turning on those people that already own those pieces and they're not going to get another white dial daytona to lust after something else and I think you attack both markets. It's kind of it's kind of brilliant from a mad yeah, would, scientist would, perspective. Would be a good marketing move. And also, like you said, the CPO rule is three years. You're not going to see any of this new stuff for three whole years in Correct. CPO. Correct. So that's only going to drive the the demand that much that, higher. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were we were kind of speculating earlier about like what is going to make this work. That could be the only thing that I think makes it work is that you create stuff that's so crazy and so different from everything else that you've been normally selling that it justifies people to have both and lust after both entities. I mean, look, you got 
I, I don't think anybody would have gone along with if you, if you said that they were going to release Fruit Loop colored Oyster <laughs> Perpetuals. I don't think anybody would have. They would be like, no, look at what they're doing. It's yeah. blue, black, white, grape, red grape, right? Yeah. Like super conservative colors. Just very run of the mill, very vanilla. I think we're seeing the opposite of that from them now. And I feel like it's because they have to. They have to do it. They have to stay relevant. They have to be trendy. You know, the people, the client base that they've been pushing and, and been working with for many years, they're getting older. They're passing away. Like that idea of the very ultra conservative Rolex business watch is kind of dying. Now it's the hype beast trend machine. So if you're not catering to that mindset, then you're going to get left behind because fashion and style and everything is going to leave you behind. Not to mention the formal business attire is more or less dead. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and we're in the era of crazy collabs. We saw, you know, the moon swatch phenomenon. We saw Tiffany's collaboration with Nike. We've seen Louis Vuitton and Supreme, like all of these crazy esoteric collabs. Some guy thinks Brodinky's getting an Explorer one. Yeah. You know, there you go. Like all of these crazy collabs are happening now. And people, it's driving both both spectrums of the market, right? The uber wealthy that can afford all these things and get them instantly, and the people that are saving up their money, you, you're attacking both of those purchasing demographics with doing something like a Tiffany's Nike collaboration. Right. Right? Somebody that's a high-profile client of Tiffany's might buy those because they also are a collector of shoes. But somebody who's a sneakerhead and wants the hype wear stuff, they're going to buy them too. You know what I mean? So it's yes. kind of like... This bridging the gap. And I mean, let's be honest, the, the the Tiffany Blue Dial OP became super popular because you know LeBron was wearing it. That was kind of the first people to, like out there in the public who was seen wearing that watch. And everyone's like, oh my God, LeBron's got this watch on. Now everyone wants it. You know, it, it's crazy. But that's how this world works now. And if that's the case, and Rolex also has to feed into that. Yeah, and I I think it just leaves all the more intrigue for Monday. So we'll have to see if we're right. Yeah, hold on to your hats, kids. We'll this have might to be, see if we're right. Might be a bumpy one. I'm excited to see what comes out. I'm excited to see how off base the the predictions are because they they almost always are. And you know, if we're at all in the ballpark, I'll be I'll be excited. But yeah, we'll definitely check it out, and hopefully, uh, you all will be right there with us. And and you. You'll hear our thoughts next week, I'm sure, <laughs> on Rolex and everything maybe, else. Maybe watches and blunders too. Let's hope not, <laughs> but we'll we'll save judgment. Yeah, for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I said my piece. A lot of lot of lot of Rolex love from you this, this episode. Hey. You you teed up this episode. It wasn't my idea. I did. <laughs> I just had to feed into the topic. That's all. That's it. All right, folks. We'll catch you next week, hopefully with some some red hot material and some some funny wisecracks, etc. I'm looking forward to the memes. I'm sure you are too. We'll catch you then. Later. Later.